hey, tabletop players, it's Ruin. We have had a fantastic season two, and we are just so thankful for everybody that's been here for this entire crazy ride that we've been through. We are gearing up for season three, and uh, we have one last summer content episode for you before we start off next season with our best episode yet. Uh, so in order to just hold you off one more week, here is a free episode from our Patreon catalog. This is a session that is run just by Cade and Jaden, known as DMs and Dark Roast, where they have uh, Cade journaling his kind of start to a DM career, and Jaden, who has been a DM for many, many years, and uh, they get together and they talk about campaign building. And you know what? It's a wonderful show, and normally you have to pay a few bucks to get it, but uh, to celebrate the end of Season 2, looking forward to Season 3, you can have this one on us. And remember, if you like what you listen to here, you can head on over to Patreon.com, search up Cantrips and Coffee, throw us a few extra bucks, and uh, yeah, you'll get all this extra content, plus more. But without any further ado, grab a mug, fill it full of the hot stuff, and listen to one last episode of Season 2 with this special... DMs and Dark Roast first episode. All right, hello everybody. Uh, welcome to the first episode of Dungeon Masters and Dark Roast. This is our Patreon exclusive extra podcast. So if you're listening to this, thank you so much for being a patron uh, and for supporting us. It helps us get coffee beans and dice, which are the two things that we uh, we love the most. Uh, so the basis behind this entire extra podcast is that I am preparing to do my first ever uh, long form DMing session. I'm going to be uh, DMing a campaign of Dungeons and Dragons 5e for my wife and some of our friends and uh, other than my one foray into DMing which was gods on the uh, podcast in season one um, I've never done anything like this I've never made my own campaign I'm going to be homebrewing all of this and I desperately needed some help so what I have done is I've called in, I'm pretty sure, my the my longest running DM. I think even including Ruin, uh, Jaden has been my DM for more sessions. Uh, so I've called him in to help me answer some of these questions so that we can kind of discuss what goes into actually being a DM. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm usually here anyway, so... <laughs> If you haven't figured it out yet, this is not going to be nearly as polished as the regular show. Uh, it's very just conversational editing-wise. Like, I'm just going to put it, put the tracks together and export it. Uh, there will probably be some uh, expletives at some point. I'm not going to bother <laughs> editing them out. Uh, unless Ruin really cracks down and is like, nah, man, you can't. It's, you, you said fuck 12 times in the first 10 minutes. It's not okay. Uh, but uh, other than that, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think it's safe because what kids have credit cards? I'm pretty sure you have to be 18 to have one. And if you're getting your kid a Patreon to something like this, that just seems weird to me. I mean, you do you. I'm not going to judge your parenting, yeah. but you're kind of a bad parent. I mean, that's fair. There you go. You heard it here first. You're a shitty parent. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So we have. I've come up with kind of a list of questions, um, and every episode we're gonna go through one of them, um, and this is gonna last as long as I keep having questions. Um, at the time of this recording, I am about four or five days away from my session zero, where I'm going to be helping these people who have never played D&D, by the way, uh, other than one of them. Uh, I'm going to be helping them make their characters and kind of setting the groundwork and everything for that. Um, but yeah, we're going to be doing some of these episodes like as I'm running the campaign and issues arise and questions might be added to our list and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, you're going to get to see a homebrew campaign uh made in real time ish um depending on when you uh are signing up for the patreon there might be episodes still coming out or uh my wife may have left me because of how bad of a dm i was who knows uh <laughs> cool so i guess my first big question and like i've already kind of started in the process of planning what i want to do and what the world's going to look like etc but i guess the first big question that i think a lot of people might struggle with is like how do you start planning a campaign like what are your first steps when you're planning this yeah and i'll let you take it away because every system or every time i've ever played with you it's been homebrew you homebrew fantastic campaigns and really cool worlds and i'm just really curious how you start uh when you're getting ready to make a new campaign for people uh well thank you for the compliments i don't know if i would call myself creative <laughs> but that's the struggle of most creatives is we don't think we're good at anything um it allows us to be mopey and wear darker colors easier so it's all I own is dark, dark colors. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I'm very much like pretty loose with it. I don't follow like any specific methodology or any like really hard system. There's nothing like I would overly recommend and like read this book and you will find all you can. There's tons of different books out there and lots of people that have different theories. Some people think, you know, you start small and you build your way up and, you know, you just start with one yeah. little village and that's it. And then there's other people like mm -hmm. they like to build down and they have like their big overarching ideas first so that they know what they need at the beginning. And I think that really mm -hmm. personally for me is somewhere in between that. I do love like the just where you're going to start. And it doesn't obviously have to be a village, just the neighborhood in the city that you're going to be taking your adventure in, you know, a hunting camp that's going to be a major hub for at least, you know, a handful of sessions or something like that is a good start. But I do like mm -hmm. to back it up a little bit and have like an overarching idea of where I am in that world. Just having like, you okay. know, maybe start with a province and don't come up with anything major on that province. Give it a name, have the capital, a couple of major cities, which don't really figure out the cities too heavily. Maybe there's like a quick, you know, couple of sentences on each one. Right. So if you did have to quickly run up with something, you could, but if they ever decide they want to go somewhere, you can always pad in and be like, okay, well for the rest of the session is going to be traveling to that location. So that the next session you can mm -hmm. actually do that thing. Right? right. But I think the most important thing is to know roughly what you want to be your big plot hooks and go from there. Okay. Right. Like you can do, this is really, I'm all over the place now. I would say that this no, would be the good. first <laughs> start point. Is knowing like maybe if you if you have a big bad that you've got a thinking of, that's a great thing to line up in the beginning. Although mm -hmm. that can definitely be waited until the end because chances are they're gonna run into two or three things that you can make into a bad care you know, or like into the right. story of the bad guy. 
And that's actually really fun is if they think like, you know, majority of the things they've been doing at the beginning have been unrelated, but the guy's actually been a mastermind that has put these things in front of them right from the beginning. And you get a big callback. That's really cool. But you didn't need to have planned that at the beginning of your campaign. You could just call back to any of the missions that you've already set up. Um, For sure. So, yeah, I think starting with a couple of key plot points, the the major neighborhood that you're going to be starting in or village, small little area, and then... Mm -hmm some idea of what like the region that they could reasonably travel to within two or three days and just right. rough sketches of that stuff. Cause when they do start heading that way, that's when you'll start fleshing out those groups. Right. That would be my general like rough guideline. Okay, cool. So yeah, so for mine, like for the system or the campaign that I'm going to be running, uh, like the first idea that was kind of like, yeah, I could make this like a full campaign would be a lot of fun. Um, is when Ruin and I were talking about what the meta for this season should look like. And we were trying to figure out what are some possibilities that would run in. And I came up with the idea that it it ultimately didn't end up being involved. So if you're still <laughs> listening to season two, it's coming out. There's no spoilers. And purely the reason we didn't end up going with this is because of math. Um, but <laughs> um, because I I was thinking about like Dante's Inferno. And going through, like, the nine circles of hell. And that would be really cool because then you could have, like, mini, like, zones or mini quests that each deal with a different circle of hell. Because if you're unfamiliar with it, uh, Dante goes to hell and has to work his way through the nine circles. Each one representing a different level of, like, crime and people that have gone to hell. Now, our seasons are only six episodes long, so we didn't end up going with that. And that's one of the only reasons why we didn't end up going with that. Um... But that was kind of my my starting idea. It was like, okay, that's cool. Because then we can kind of progress through. And that gives me kind of a theme to plan the next, like, two or three sessions with. As opposed to something I need to plan however long the campaign runs for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that, I kind of started extrapolating. Because I, like, wrote down what the circles are. So they're limbo, lust, gluttony, greed, anger, heresy, violence, fraud, and treachery. And I'm like, all of those would make sweet D&D campaign, mm-hmm. just like on their own. But I started, I, I kind of started thinking like, okay, I need to figure out what my big baddie is so that I can lay the groundwork going backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I decided is since they're all new D&D players, and I can say this b- because my wife isn't home and she can't hear what I'm planning for it because she's pissed. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but since they're all new D&D characters, what I'm going to do is like I'm going to have them be in charge of escorting this um, like sorcerer for the kingdom through... Um, like some kind of pilgrimage, and yes, that's why they're going to all these different locales. But he's going to be a higher level because he's like the town or like the kingdom sorcerer, like supreme. Mm-hmm. And uh, but like, so he's going to be there. And if things are getting too bad at like really low levels, he'll kind of like bail them out and like teach them how to kind of play the game as they're figuring it out. With the plan that by the time they get a couple sessions in, they're going to kind of know what they're doing and they're not going to need him as much. And then it turns into like an escort mission. And at the end, because the last circle is treachery, I'm going to have him be the big baddie. So they've Mm. like had this guy with them the whole time and kind of built up a connection with him. And then he's like this evil necromancer sorcerer who's trying to take over the land. Yeah. They're going to have to fight him. I'm into that idea. And it makes sense why they would be leading this powerful guy. Cause I was like, one thing I'm like thinking of, I love that idea. The only issue is why are these weak people that need his backup escorting him? 
but then it actually makes sense in the end of the fact that he's you got to have i don't know what your idea is at the end but like you know they're going to be key to his final part of his plan and that's why he's been bringing them along and he was actually keeping an eye on them and at any point he could have saved them but he never did yeah. at the point because he wanted them to, for whatever reason, keep growing. And then it's like, now I'm going to sacrifice you to get what I want or something yeah, like that, it, right? Yeah, exactly. And, like, as a character, my plan was to make him, like, yeah, he's super powerful, but he's, like, he's older. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's not super strong. These journeys take a long time. If, you know, he's a sorcerer, so, like, he knows magic. But, like, I'm not going to reveal how powerful a magician he is. Mm-hmm to them um so that they're like oh man we gotta protect this old guy and then if like shit really hits the fan he can bail them out but then it's like okay he's like spent for the next like session yeah and whatever he's only you know, just so that they so they kind of know like yeah like there's someone there to kind of like okay we should probably get equipment before we go out on the next leg of our journey okay mm-hmm. we've been riding for 12 hours we should probably set up camp like just kind of lead them into the mechanics that you don't immediately think of when you're first learning D&D. Mm-hmm. And also, again, saving as a safety net, as a DM, when I'm figuring out encounters, in case I make something way too hard and, like, I'm about to TBK, I can kind of have a fail-safe to, like, back mm-hmm. them up and mm-hmm. it'll still kind of fit with, like, the theme and everything. So that was kind of my, like, my process of, okay, here's kind of the framework of the world and now I have to figure out how to flesh mm-hmm. it all out. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's more or less what I was saying, right? You have this nice, just rough outline of where you're going. But you don't need to know what's happening in the last tier yet because you've got mm-hmm. eight tiers to go through. So I'm not, like, always come up with your ideas and keep them down for sure and slowly work at it as it comes along. But, yeah, you don't have to obsess on that because if you spend too much time plotting the whole campaign, your starting parts of it are going to lack attention, I usually find, and they might be a little yeah. more on the boring side, right? So that's for sure exactly how i think people should be doing it right like if you don't have some idea like you might eventually find your way into an idea and that's really good but you're gonna have to be way more um what do i want to say like you're gonna have to improvise a lot more you're gonna have to roll with what the players want even if it totally screws Mm. up what you had going at that time and you might have to scrap everything and redo it but by having this general idea without like actually being like forcing them to do things you're like okay i know where things are going and i can keep the path following in that direction yeah they might zag off to the left but eventually they're gonna have to cut back mm-hmm. to start going towards that direction again or else they're just gonna end up nowhere kind of thing yeah for mm-hmm. sure now when you're fleshing out a world like how do you go about working in your player characters backstories into the world when you already kind of have an idea of what the world's gonna look like before they build their characters mm. Because I think as a DM, like, one of the biggest parts of your job, in addition to just, like, telling the story, is to make the players feel like their characters live in that world, and they're not just, like, dropped in there mm-hmm. from somewhere else. Yeah. And there's something that I've always thought that you've done really well, and I've raved about this on various <laughs> episodes of the podcast. But, like, the best D&D character I ever played was Dench, uh, the half-orc paladin who swore himself to tear the god of justice to try to get rid of, like, the, the orcish influences. And you made my character and me feel like I belonged in that world so heavily <laughs> by, like, sending me texts, like, between sessions of, like, hey, your god sends you this. And, like, that was the coolest shit, and I... 
I don't know how I'll ever be able to top that. And I'm not <laughs> saying that, like, DMs at home need to, like, meta... It's not even meta game. It's, like, intra-game yeah. uh, between sessions, which is just, again, it's the coolest shit ever. But how do you go about making sure that, like, your characters, with whatever crazy shit they come up with on their own, feel like they actually belong in this world that you're creating around them? Mm. I think one big one is that you can't ever get so attached to your world to think that it's like, this is my world and this is exactly how it looks. You can have a lot of mm-hmm. an idea of it. You can have it a lot set in stone, but always leave room for it to be movable and stuff like that. So like a really easy thing to do is if someone plays anything religious or like, you know, follows like any sort of, you know, group or rigor. So like thieves, monks, clerics, paladins, you can right. easily insert their church into your world. And if you like, and if you already have a church that you're compelled to use in the story, and like it's not like opposite of what they're doing, just reskin it. It's not too big of a deal. You can yeah. keep almost all of the work you've done. You just need to change the god's name and have them act somewhat differently to line up more with the mm-hmm. god those players have. And then that person's gonna feel like it's awesome, right? And I think that's a big thing is to give each player one or two big things. It can be something as simple as you. Here's this big group that you're a part of, but you're only gonna see them for a couple of mm-hmm. you know sessions. You're not gonna be with them every single time because it's just your thing. Yeah. Someone wants a family, give them a family back home. Give them a little village that they can go back to every now and again and see their kids, mm-hmm. or any number of things like that. If they have, if they were you know taught by some sage, find out what that sage was and insert him into the story in the sense that he's just living in the world. You're not gonna have him run into them or anything like that. Maybe unless you have a really cool plot hook. But when they want to go back and deal with him, he's there, right? Just just popping little mm-hmm. details into the world is all it is. Because most people, that's all we really have. Nobody is like, I'm. or few people are the center of attention in the world where a million people's eyes yeah. are on them. You usually have your family, your friends, and a couple of clubs or hobbies that you're into that you have people right. with. And so you insert those little things because you should always have room for more of that in your world. Like, there's just no question. Yeah. And even if you're like, oh, well, the cities are all full, it's like, cool. Well, then just have this be like a weird monastic order that doesn't want to be near anybody. And so they live out in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere where you just have a big forest and plop them in the middle of that. And that makes that forest a million times more compelling. And you didn't even have to come up with that idea. That's always my thing yeah. is like, they're just giving you writing advice in a certain sense, or they're just giving you th- yeah. things to add in. So find places to mix in small things. Don't let them rewrite the world. If they want to be like, yeah, I was like born the king of this kingdom. It's like, no, I'm sorry. You're not no. <laughs> like, I'm. you can't do that. You can tell people that's just not going to fly. Like you can be like, you yeah. could be like a, a lesser Lord. That's like third time removed. Yeah. And so if you did a lot of intrigue and weaving your way, maybe you could find your way into the crown and that could be a really interesting mm-hmm. story to involve, but you're not just getting to be the king right off the bat. Sorry. Yeah. Give them, yeah. like I said, small things that feel like things that they would have in their own life as kind of a compelling little thing that is thrown in rarely because they don't want to deal with it every time too they are here to play the overarching story yeah but yeah yeah Yeah, i think little things like that yeah kind of building off of that do you ever do you ever plan like i don't know side quests or like mini missions that are kind of like player character specific where, like, say, you know, okay, we've just finished a major plot point in the entire overarching story, and we've got, you know, some time down now before we want to kind of get into the next big thing. Would you ever do, like, okay, for the next couple of sessions, we're going to take some time and, like, don't tell them this, like, out loud, but, like, okay, we're going to spend some time where some of our characters are going to get to kind of do a mini mission that is focused on 
them and what their character is all about and let them really kind of explore what their character is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't personally read a lot of longer form campaigns where that stuff can come up mm-hmm. as often, but it's stuff that I've done a little bit rarely and I think is a super fun way to do it. And exactly how you do it, the best way is you take the little things that they inserted for you. So like take mm-hmm. their monastic order, take their family, take... You know, if they had a buddy that they had a story about that they grew up with or any little thing, they have a butcher shop that they ran or something and then mm-hmm. have thugs, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to need, you know, cover money. If you, you need protection money. And it's like, well, I don't want to pay it. And then they're going to have to fight that little thugs. Two quick sessions right there. You've broken yeah. into the group. You beat up their boss and now you're left alone. And then that could also yeah. come back later. You know, you could use him as an ally later because he's scared of you or he could come back as an enemy and backstab mm-hmm. you or any number of things. Or like I said, the monks have the monks that they have, have three or four of them get kidnapped when they were out on a pilgrimage. And now your guy has to go out and save those groups of guys. Use the things mm-hmm. that they give you as stakes and then it'll instantly, hopefully want to go do them because it's their touch of the world. And you know, you could do even more terrible things if you want to get real psycho and you want to build a longer campaign. Have someone, like, <laughs> murder one of their family members or someone that's important to them. Yeah. And the whole point of the thing yeah. is to go and kill that guy because he has, you know, the diamond you need to cast Re- Revivify on him or something like that. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Even longer form. <laughs> but, yeah, I think yeah. that can be hard if you do, like, you got to balance it out between players, right? And make sure everyone knows that they're going to yeah. have their time. And don't give someone too much like i think if you're gonna you know yeah it shouldn't be a whole campaign about this one story for this one guy yeah because yeah. then people are like well okay so it's not really my story anymore and it's everybody's story yeah. so give them a session or two to be a highlight but then you know then mm-hmm. the next time it's someone else being featured yeah yeah i was thinking just again because like if we're doing all nine circles assuming that the party stays together that long <laughs> we all know that keeping a D party together long enough to actually finish anything is really hard um but i was thinking like between each one doing kind of those side character building quests and maybe you know halfway through or later towards the end that would be a kind of a cool way to get the individual player characters like a cool weapon or armor that is like mm-hmm. specialized to that character that feels less like oh hey we all just beat up this big big bad whatever troll or something and got its loot and now we're all fighting over the same bow Mm -hmm. whereas if we do like whatever player a's side mission or whatever to go and help their village the chieftain of that village presents them specifically with this badass bow that Mm -hmm. is for them kind of deal yeah i think that's a great idea and then like you said there's no more fighting over equipment and you can pick equipment that you know Mm -hmm. specifically each person's gonna want you know the guy who's swinging an axe doesn't want to you know a wand I've, he, I mean, yeah. I guess maybe he would, because that'd be cool, because I could swing a wand or swing my axe and shoot Duct fireballs. Tape it to the axe. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's what you need. Um, oh man! But yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, with that though, the only thing I would quickly say as a little suggestion is to either, if you're gonna do that, load those ones near the end, because you're gonna want them all to have like yeah. end game gear or have some capability that it feels like that equipment can grow. So kind of think of like, yeah. here's the first yeah. version. And then before you guys go on the last version, whoever gets like the last piece, say they, their story for whatever reason, you work in a guy that forges armor. And so they get a piece of armor. Mm-hmm. He'll be like, he'll look at their weapons and be like, I can fix those up too. And then he'll give everyone yeah. an upgraded version at the end. And so everyone feels that they're an on par thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I was thinking definitely for that stuff kind of towards the end. Again, like you said, kind of getting them that like that end game armor. Like this is the shit that's going to beat mm-hmm. the necromancer. And yeah cool um yeah i think as far as just like 
generic like how do you world build um i think that's pretty much all i've got everything else kind of gets more specific so i think kind of leave those for other episodes yeah so uh yeah um unless there's any other advice that you you've thought of that you want to throw out that is gonna help me not be a jackass um Uh, my for the just the campaign planning i think and you've already exemplified it in your suggestions in your outline so far is mm -hmm. steal everything I'm a firm believer that there is no such thing as an original thought anymore. They have so long been used. We are just rehashing old ideas in new, interesting ways. It doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that that's the way it is. That's why when we talk about story structure, there's only really one or two real story structures. And that's it. Because that's why the hero's journey fits damn near everything. Yeah. (laughs) It's just the way we work. If if you figured out a new way to write a story that wasn't that, people would probably not like it because they don't know what's going on. And there's nothing bad with that, right? So steal stuff. Like you said, you're using Dante's Inferno as an idea. And then, like, you know, the idea of escorting a guy and then it turns out he's a bad guy at the end is not a wholly original original idea. (laughs) It's great. And you'll make it original by the few flavors you put on top of it yeah. and the way you write it even if they're all stolen ideas the way you mix those stolen ideas will make an original enough idea and that's awesome right, right? so there's tons of media out there don't be afraid to grab the good ideas that already exist because mm-hmm. you're so busy trying to rack your brain for new ones whenever you can come up with your own yeah. absolutely use them but realize that when you do come up with your own it's probably flavored by all of the other stuff you've seen before <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i definitely started coming up with like one of the big baddies along the way and then realized I just made the Lich King from World of Warcraft. Nice. Uh, and you know what? He's staying in there. Yeah. Like, I'm still gonna have them fight the Lich King because that's badass as hell. Yeah. But... <laughs> it's not like you can get copyright sued for any of this stuff. It's a personal game. I'm <laughs> making no money. It's costing me money to <laughs> steal from you. Like... <laughs> perfect awesome thank you so much again for uh this hope everyone uh listening at home enjoys this once again thank you for uh being a patreon member uh if you know of any other aspiring dms who might want to listen to this please encourage them to support us and make sure that you're also listening to the regular episode it's on spotify and apple podcasts and everywhere else that ruin has found somewhere to throw it i'm pretty sure it's gonna be on myspace at some point Mm -hmm. so uh yeah Thanks so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.